Fear is a four-letter word, an F word. And like the other word with that label, it resonates far, spreads across many boundaries, sinks to the lowest levels, becomes very big very quickly. As a professional skier and teacher, I have kept close company with fear, tracking its path in both my life and the lives of my students. In this book, I offer you ideas, stories, strategies, as well as a few flights of imagination distilled from 25 years of working with frightened students. I use skiing as a metaphor, but it should remain just that, to clarify our intricate relationship with fear and invite into our lives the power of surrender. So for all those who do not ski, welcome. I hope the metaphor stays transparent, and that through fear's straightforward, often obvious expression in skiing, we can discern its more subtle turns when it sneaks closer to the core of our lives. One of my first entanglements with fear occurred not on a mountain at all, but in the tame environment of a local pool where I worked at 17 as a swim teacher. There, standing in the shallow end, I held Tommy, a 250-pound man with hair all over his body, trembling in my arms as he tried to lower his head back to reach the water. He could not do it. As soon as his vision left the security of his surroundings, the table where his wife sat shaded by an umbrella, the dry aquamarine above the waterline, the white coping at the pool's edge, as soon as matter gave way to only sky above him, his fists flailed in the air. He grabbed at my shoulders as he struggled to right himself again. My arms soon tired, but my mind continued to race. How to get Tommy to do what he was paying me for, to help him achieve his one goal, to float on his back. And behind my mind's frenetic pace emerged what was to become a familiar question in my life. What is this fear about? Can you teach my Tommy? The woman on the phone had asked, responding to my ad for private lessons. He's so frightened of water he can't even take a bath. I said yes immediately, revealing both my audacity and my ignorance. I was so sure Tommy was her son that I never bothered to ask his age. And I never doubted I could entice the small boy I imagined into the water. I gathered every toy I could find, some to float, some to sink. When a couple with an infant approached the pool, it slowly dawned on me. The large man wearing a bathing suit was my Tommy. I followed his eyes down to the pile of toys. Using a teenager's facility with quick lies, I scrambled to explain. So you can learn how to play with your new baby in the water. But that did not help me face the real issue. I had no clue what I was going to do. I had jumped headlong into the sink-or-swim cliché. By the side of the pool, we touched the water with one hand, one foot, then the other. After half an hour, we were up to our waists, softening the knees, bouncing again and again, deeper, feeling the water slip up to our chests. Too far! Tommy grabbed me, breathing so fast I thought he was about to cry. We stood straight, the water back down at our waists, safe. Very slowly we began again. Tommy's huge biceps would involuntarily contract, making his hands and fingers clench into distorted, odd-shaped fists. This is fear, I remember thinking, 
real fear, not just being afraid. Just being afraid meant to me a feeling Tommy felt, a feeling inside him that I could only sense. This fear seemed larger than that. I supported him with my arms as he leaned farther back, his eyes squeezed shut, his face pained. Carefully, I softened my hold so his body stretched deeper into the water. He tightened. I responded, strengthening my support. Back and forth we danced, leading, following, resisting, softening, both of us entangled and wet within the fear. The fear no longer belonged only to him. I could touch it. But even more importantly, I was being touched by it.